Praise the Lord. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. It's so good, amen, to gather together in the presence of the Lord today because our God is a great God. He's worthy of all our praise. He's worthy of all our honor. So if you're under the sound of my voice this morning, I ask that you join with me today as we continue to pray for our nation and pray for our families and our loved ones again this morning. Amen. That our precious God, our Savior, amen, will touch every situation. I know there is a lot of fear. I know there's a lot of uh, uh, uncertainty that's going on, and I know people desire to get back to their lives in the way, but we want our God to have his purpose. If you will, Jesus says when you pray that we pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven now. And we want the will of our God to be done today. So I want to pray for our nation. I want to pray for our churches. I want to pray for our families. And I want to pray for our loved ones. Amen today. So join with me this morning as we pray for these needs. Father, we come to you again this morning, God. Lord, we have come to bless your glorious name. We have come to honor you, to give you thanks, O oh God, again today, Jesus, because thine, O oh God, is the greatness, Lord. And God, thine is the power and the might, O oh God, and the glory and the majesty. All heaven and earth are thine, Lord. Thine is the kingdom, and thou art exalted, O oh God, above all, Lord. And thy hand, O oh God, both riches and honor cometh of thee, O oh Lord, in thine hand is power and might, O God. In thine hand, O God, is the greatness, and thou rulest over all, Lord God. And in thy hand, O God, you give strength, O God, and you give greatness. And we thank you again today, Lord, for your goodness towards us. Father, we are asking you today, Lord, if there's any way to touch every situation, every spirit of fear, O God, every spirit of doubt, every spirit of uncertainty, O oh God. Your word tell us to cast our cares upon you because you care it for us. And we come into your presence today, God, feasting on your manner, giving you thanks again today. We're asking you, God, to go into every hospital, go into every nursing home, every ward, O oh God, those that has been diagnosed with the coronavirus. I plead your blood over them right now for complete wholeness and healing. We want your perfect will to be done, God. You are that peace, that passive, uh, all understanding, O oh Lord. And I pray today that you would continue, Lord, to minister to the hearts uh, of the people. I pray for our district today. I pray for our superintendent, Brother Booker, and his family. I pray for our district board today, God, uh, our department heads, our leaders, our pastors, our churches, our saints uh, of God all over the land, all over the place, all around the world, uh, those that are traveling, Lord God, that has found themselves stranded. Uh, I pray, God, that they will look unto you, who is the author and the finisher of their faith, O oh God, this day, Lord. Uh, I pray, God, that they will not trust in chariots and horses, uh, but they will trust in you. You are the mighty God. You are the everlasting Father. You are the Prince of Peace. And we know, God, uh, that all things things do work together for the good to them that
that love you, uh, to them that are called according to your purpose. Uh, I pray, God, that we will not focus on the coronavirus, uh, but that we would focus on you, O oh God, uh, that we would put our hearts and our minds uh, in you, O oh God, and trust you for the outcome, uh, and that we will see the good things that you're doing uh, in this situation, O oh God, that you are bringing us together, that you're building families again together, uh, that you're slowing people down, that uh, they can get the needed rest that they need, O oh God, in their lives. Uh, let them not look on them, focus on the evil, uh, but let them focus on the good things that you are doing uh, in your power, in your love, in your might, God. Uh, I thank you today, God, that I have another opportunity, God, uh, that I can come before you, uh, that I can make my petitions known uh, again this morning, God. I thank you for my family, my children, my wife. Uh, I plead your blood over them and around their hearts and their their thoughts, oh God, this morning, oh God, that you would continue, Lord, to minister to the needs of this church and the saints of this body, oh God, today. <clears throat> That you would touch our city of La Crosse this morning. Uh, touch Mayor Cabot. Touch his cabinet, oh God. Uh, touch his city council, oh God. Uh, touch everyone in our city today, God. Draw their hearts out of darkness uh, unto the marvelous light. Uh, minister in every place, oh God. Uh, in every circumstance, in every situation, Lord, as only you can do, God. And I will give you thanks. Uh, and I will give you praise. Oh, God, I thank you, Jesus. Uh, for thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Teach me thy way, O oh Lord. I will walk in thy truth, unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart. And I will glorify thy name forevermore. For thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord, my God. With all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. For thou art great, 
and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. And I will glorify thy name forevermore. Thank you, Jesus, again, God. Thank you again today, God, for your presence. Uh, Thank you for your strength, oh God. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your might. Thank you for your love and kindness towards us, oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. We welcome you this morning, amen, to our service. Amen. Our discipleship class, truly God is good. And we've been studying the epistles of John. Amen. And we're in First John, which is close to the back of your Bibles this morning. First John. John is that beloved apostle that leaned on Jesus' breast. He was the one that Jesus loved, the Bible says. Amen. And called him. Amen. That disciple whom Jesus loved. And But I want you to know that God loves all of us. Amen. And so God is truly concerned about each and every one of us. He has not lost his power. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can put our trust in him. That's why you want to study the word of God. That's why the Bible says that the things was written for, was written out for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures would have hope. Amen. Amen. Jesus died for us that we might live. And so we've been talking about John. And last week I brought back to our forefront the points that John says that the reason he had written this gospel and these epistles to us. Amen. And number one was that our joy might be full. He want our joy to be overflowing. When we understand God's love and who Jesus Christ truly is, uh, then we understand that the joy of the Lord is our strength. God does not want you to be downtrodden. He does not want you to be depressed. He does not want you to feel like you're lost and cannot find your way. Jesus came to give us life and give us that more abundantly. This is why the Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians 4 to rejoice evermore. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderations be known to all men that the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made on the God and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. And Isaiah says in 26.4, he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. So John said, the first thing I want to do is I want you to have joy running over. I want to make your joy fulfilled. I want you to be excited about serving God and living for God and knowing, amen, uh, who you are in him. 
The second reason he said he was writing this gospel to you and I, amen, to, was to guard us from false doctors and false teachers, amen. He he wants to protect us, and that's what God's word was is designed to do is to protect us. It was kind of like what Paul is writing to the church when he write in the book of Ephesians six ten. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Uh, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, uh, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all you can do to stand. He says, stand, therefore having your lorns girded about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness uh, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shill of faith, uh, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked uh, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication for all saints. Amen. And what Watching for all saints. Amen. We got to stay focused. And so we have to realize that there's going to be false teachers. Paul told the church at Rome and Rome chapter verse six, chapter 16, verse 17. He says, mark them which call offense contrary to the doctrine which you have received uh, and avoid them. Amen. So they're trying to protect us from false doctrines and false teachings. In these last days. And then John tell us, amen, that he wants us to know that we have eternal life. He wants to strengthen our faith and, and to assure us that we have eternal life uh, in these last days. Praise God. And so we want to pick up again here in First John chapter 3. And for some reason, I, I, I feel that God is... is uh, trying to show us something uh, deep and profound in this book uh, uh, that John has written here because it is for the church and it's for these last days. And it seems like God has placed me here in this holding pattern, uh, and, and I just can't seem to move forward. To, I just can't seem to get beyond this third chapter for some reason. And, and it is like God is saying, there's something here I want you to observe, and I, and I want you to really see. So in First John chapter 3, verse 10, First John chapter 3, verse 10, we're going to go back here and we're going to pick up a little bit, uh, because like I said, I think God has got us in this holding pattern. Amen. And John writing here in 1 John chapter 3 verse 10 says, In this the children of God are manifested and the children of the devil. Whosoever doth not righteousness is not of God, and neither is he that loveth not his brother. Now, now think about that. So I want you to lock that into your Psyche, if, if I could use that word, or in your mind and, and, and in your thoughts, because one of the things I'm sure you have heard, as I have heard, is people come up to you and they try to say to you, 
you know, when you're trying to talk to them and you're trying to bring them into the fullness of the knowledge of the truth and you're trying to show them what the Word of God is saying to you, I'm sure like me you have heard them say, well, we're all God's children. Have you ever heard that comment before? We are all God's children. So it doesn't really matter what we believe. We're all God's children. Well, let me encourage you. The next time that somebody tells you that, you tell them, oh, no, no, we're not. We're not all God's children. Because the Bible tells us here in 1 John 10, and this, the children of God are manifested, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, and neither he that loveth not his brother. So not everybody is God's children. We have to understand that. And we have to realize this in our lives. We're not all God's children. Amen. Because the murderer is not God's children. I would hate to think that, man, murderers are God's children. I would hate to think that drug dealers and those that are doing wrong and evil is in the same family as God's children. So we need to realize this here, that they're not all God's children. John says, you've got to do righteousness, and you have got to love your brother in order to be God's children. Even the Apostle Paul, if we drop back to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, amen, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, Paul says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor idolatrous, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers nor its stortners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You see, what Paul is saying here is, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. So we got to have the Spirit in us, to be God's children. That's what Paul is saying in Romans 8 and 9. He says, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so, that the spirit of God be in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So we need to have the Holy Ghost in us to be called God's children. And if the Holy Ghost is in us, then we should understand that that is God's spirit that is reigning in us, and God is a God of righteousness, and God is a God of truth, and God is love. And so, therefore, if God is in me, and I say that I'm in God and Christ is in me, then I should have the same attributes and doing the same thing that God did. The Bible says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave. So therefore, I should have these same type of attitudes and mind working in me 
if I say that I am the child of God. Now, notice what Paul write into the church at Philippi. Go to Philippians chapter 2, start with verse 1. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. Paul says, If there therefore be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, any vows of mercies, fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through strife and vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, and made of himself no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, uh, and being found in the likeness of men, and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God has highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, and things in the earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. So we need to have the same mind as Christ did. Amen. And God was righteous. In Him was no guile. In Him was no evil. In Him was no deceit. God went about doing good. To all, the Bible tells us. And so, therefore, we should have this same righteous attitude if I say that I am Christ. If I say that I'm right, if I say that I know him, then I should be doing right, not wrong. Amen. Don't ever say, you know, they think they're holier than I am because they're doing right. Amen. As long as a person is doing right according to God's word and you are doing wrong, don't you ever call somebody holier than thou. It is your responsibility to be holy as God is holy. It is your responsibility if you say that you are a child of God to do right all the time. You can't choose that I'm going to be right this day and not right tomorrow. You must be honest and open and true and walk in your integrity and walk in the Spirit just like Jesus did. Amen. You've got to learn how to do right if you're going to be a child of God. You've got to learn how to love your brother. Amen. Just like God did. That's the Ten Commandments is all about. Jesus says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and thy neighbor as thyself. He said, on these two commandments uh, hang all the law and the prophet. Amen. It's all about love because God is love. And that's why the golden rule 
Amen. In Matthew 7, 12, Jesus says, you need to do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. You don't like it when somebody cheat you. You don't like it when somebody gossip about you. You don't like it when somebody call you names uh, and say all matters of evil falsely against you. You don't like it when they do it, then you shouldn't do it either. The Bible tells you if you're going to reap what you sow. So if you curse out somebody, somebody else is going to curse you out. If you cheat somebody, somebody else is going to cheat you. Amen. If you talk bad about somebody, somebody else is going to talk bad about you. You've got to learn to do right. Jesus says, let your light shine that men shall see your good works uh, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. See, so just because, as I said, someone is doing right and they're living right and they don't do and give in to what you're wrong, don't you ever call them holier than thou. You need to make sure that you're lining up with God's words yourself. I said over and over and over again, once you come into the knowledge of God, yeah, you can say, well, that's just what your church teach. That's just what your church believe. You know, no, when you get into the word of God, you're going to do a whole lot more than what your church teach. You're going to see for yourself. The Bible said the spirit would lead you and guide you to all truth. I know who I was. Amen. I know how much alcohol I drink. I know how much dope I smoke. I know all the things that I did wrong, amen, before I came into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You know, yeah, I thought I was God's child, but I really quickly found out that I wasn't because I was still living in sin. Praise God. And so, but I thank God, as Paul said, he's found me worthy. Amen. And he put his spirit in me and he drove me out of darkness. Uh, as the songwriter said, uh, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea, he heard my despairing cry and from the waters lifted me now safe. Am I? Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help me, love lifted me. Jesus reached down and he pulled me out uh, of the dark and the mire clay. And he set my feet uh, upon a rock and he established my goings. So not everybody is the child of God. That's why James says in James 4, 17, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good. And doeth not to him, it is sin. Amen. To know to do right and you don't do it, it's sin. So you need to be careful that you don't think you can just skate by. You're not going to skate into heaven. Amen. You have to be 100% honest. First and foremost, you've got to be honest with yourself. And then you've got to be honest with each other. That's why Job says, I will not forgo of my integrity. Even the Lord told Satan there in Job chapter 2, he says, you move me against him, and yet he still holds his integrity. You have to be honest. Amen. You've got to do what is right at all times. It's not a part-time time living. Righteousness is, well, is designed to make you holy and to make you pure and to make you like God. 
Verse 11 in 1 John 3, John says, For this is the message that we have heard from the beginning, that you should love one another. Amen. Notice, you've got to love one another. Love must be truthful. It's, it's got to be real. It can't be fake. Amen. Notice what he says in verse 12. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him, because of his own works were evil, and his brother's was righteous. So Abel was doing what was right. But Cain, he says, his works were evil, and so as a result, he wound up slaying his brother Abel. Amen. So we don't really understand sometimes what God is trying to show us here. Amen. You can get jealous of other people because they're doing right. That's what I was saying. Don't you ever, amen, call somebody holier than thou because they are doing right and living right. See, you can become envy and jealous and mean-spirited about these people because they are doing the right thing. And they call, start calling them goody two-shoes and everything else. But see, notice what Cain did. Because his works were evil, he slew his brother. And see, if we're not careful, when people are doing right, we can destroy them with our tongue. The Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue. So I can start gossiping about someone, my brother or my sister, and not realize that I am killing them. I can be murdering them with the words of my mouth. Amen. I can destroy their good name. I can cause them to be hated by other people that has never met them because I'm talking evil and bad about them. I have to realize that I'm called to be righteous. Uh, Amen. If my brother is living right, uh, if my sister is living right, uh, if my sister and brother is doing right, then I need to rejoice with them. Amen. And continue to grow myself to be like God. Amen. And not like the ways of this world. Cain. Amen. The Bible said he slew his brother because he was of that wicked one. Now we go back up to verse 10, and that's what John is trying to tell us. If you don't do right, and if you don't love your brother, you are not God's. You are of the devil. And as a result, he he says you're not God's children. Praise God. So if you're gossiping about somebody... If you are talking bad about somebody, you are not God's children. You need to understand that. I don't care how many times you walk through the church doors. I don't care how many times you lift your hands and praise to God. I don't care how many times and how much money you give into the offering plate. If you're not right, uh, if you're not doing right and loving your brother, you don't belong to God. You are the devil. Praise God. Tight, but is right. John said, this is the message that we heard from the beginning, that you should love your brother. We've got to learn this thing, how to love one another. 
notice, let's drop down real quick to verse 18, and then I'll walk back up a little bit if time permits here. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but what? In deed and in action. Notice here. In deed and in action. And in truth. Now think about it. Jesus Christ says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man can come unto the Father but by me. He prayed in John seventeen seventeen, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. To me, love is a is an action verb. I know it's used in different formats, and, you know, it can be a noun. It can be a person, place, or thing. But I like to use love more in as an action verb. It, it expresses action, whether it's physical or whether it's mental. Is an action. You you got to love has got to be action. You got to do something with it. Amen. I can remember the first time my wife told me that she loved me. Amen. And she put it into action by her the things that she did and the things that she would do and the things that she still do. I've realized that when she says she loved me, she truly did love me. Amen. She put it into action. Amen. So I could see that, yes, she does love me. And so if I say that I love her, then my actions uh, is got to be done. It's got to be physical and mental. Amen. My expression uh, it's got to be the right way. So John says, don't just love, say you love in word only. He says, you've got to love in deed and in truth. There's got to be some action uh, behind what you're doing. Now, notice what Paul writing to the church uh, in Romans chapter 12. Go to Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Paul begins this chapter, uh, and he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You've got to change the way you think. Amen. Love has a lot to do with how you think. You've got to realize that you want to put some deeds in actions behind your love. Notice what Paul says here in the 12th chapter, verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Amen. See, Cain, it was listed as the evil one of the evil one. See, so we've got to avoid evil. We've got to understand that evil pulls us away from God. So John, Paul says, let love be without dissimulation. Let it have no hypocrisy. Or don't let it be hypocritical. Amen. Don't just tell me in my face you love me. But yet your actions behind my back is totally different. You're talking about me. You're saying, oh, matters of evil falsely against me. It can't be hypocritical. You see, that was the problem with the Pharisees. The Pharisees was hypocritical. They was blind leading the blind. They had pride within themselves. 
That's why Jesus told his disciples, he says, don't do what the Pharisees say, but don't do what they do. In other words, because the Pharisees, when they came to the temple, they would always read the word of God. Amen. So Jesus says, if they're reading the word of God, I'm, I'm just, this is Rufus. Amen. That they, he's saying, you always do what the word of God says. But now their actions, he says, don't do as they do. Cause they was hypocritical. So if somebody is sharing with you the word of God, you do what the word of God does say. But if their actions and their deeds are totally contrary to the word of God, don't you do what they're doing. So Paul says, don't you let your love be, let love be without dissimulation. See, he says, don't just pretend that you love others. He says, don't be pretending that you love me. He says, you really love them. For God so loved the world that he gave. Amen. So don't just be pretending you love me. Love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold to that which is totally right and truthful. Is what the love the Lord is saying here. It's got to be genuine. We've got to have the real deal in us. Because Jesus is the real deal. You can't say that God is in you and you're pretending to love someone. Come on, where did you get that teaching from? Remember what John says, I'm trying to guard you against false teaching. I'm trying to guard you, amen, against wrong doctrines and wrong motives and and wrong items. He says, I want your joy to be full. He says, I want your faith strong. I want you to know that you have eternal life and that life is in Jesus Christ. So we have to learn how to hate wrong and learn what to do is right. Amen. We've got to get this thing right, my brothers and sisters. We have to hate sin. We've got to hate doing wrong. It's amazing to me. The number of people that say they want to go to heaven, but they don't hate sin. Sin can't enter there. You've got to learn how to do what is right at all times. We can't be like Cain. That's why the Lord told Cain, he says, Cain, there in in, in the fourth chapter, he says, if you do what is right, He says, you're going to be accepted. Because when you look at Psalms 15, the psalmist says, Lord, who shall dwell in thy holy hills and who shall dwell in your holy place? He says, him that is doing right. That's the whole premises of Psalm 15 is righteousness. That's the only way you're going to get in. That's why when you look at Revelation chapter 19, I think it's verse 8, it says that the white linen of the saints of God is righteousness. Righteousness is the white linen of the saints of God. Those in, when you look at Revelation 19, those that is following the Lord on white horses are they that are right. 
So you have to understand if you plan on riding with him, if you plan on being with the Lord, you better learn how to do right real quick. Amen. And not wrong. You can cheat yourself, but you better not cheat God. Because if you cheat yourself, you're going to cheat others. You've got to learn how to do right. That's why when you read in the book of Proverbs, the Bible talks about a just balance. Amen. You know, a balance was used to weigh things. And God hates that. The Bible says it is an abomination. Amen. To weigh things and cheat people. That's why God says he hated, he detested it when people cheat people and do what is wrong. We as children of God. Amen. That's why the Bible even said in Malachi 3, will a man rob God? You know, you can cheat anybody else, but you better not cheat God. Amen. Because you, your life is at stake. So remember these things. We've got to learn how to do what is right. We can't be like Cain. The Lord told Cain, if you do right, you'll be accepted. But if not, sin is right there at the door. He's waiting for you. Every time you do wrong, sin says, thank you. The devil says, thank you so much for doing wrong. Welcome to my family. Welcome here. Amen. You've got to realize these things. John goes on here uh, in the 13th verse of 1 John chapter 3. He says, marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. Now think about it. The world hates you for being a child of God. They, it, it, it hates you. So, so Jesus says in, in Matthew chapter 5 when he was teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, he says, blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all matters of evil falsely against you for my name's sake. He says, rejoice and be exceeding glad. For so they persecute the prophets for which were before you. Amen. Look at John chapter 15 real quick here. Look at John chapter 15. Amen. Starting uh, with verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love have no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I commanded you. Are you God's friend? If you're not doing right, you're not doing what God has commanded you. Are you his friend? A brother is born for adversity, but friend loves it all times. A friend loves it at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. You've got to be a friend of God. I am a friend of God. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. What comfort in words. Amen. 
if you know they hate you, you know they hated Jesus to start with before they hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you or love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hated you. Remember the words that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sins, they're going to keep yours also. So Jesus says, if they hate you, you know they hated him before they hated you because he's called you out of the world. You are not of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We've been called out, amen, of this world to represent Jesus Christ. And so, therefore, amen, we have got to love the way God wants us to love, amen, and to live according to the word of God, amen. If they hate you, you know they hated the world, amen, hated God before they ever hated you. And so Jesus says, amen, don't be surprised. When they do. So the next time you go to your job and somebody start talking about you and all matters of evil against you, hey, rejoice. Because they hated Jesus. And remember, we saw in the second chapter, John had already told us, amen, that the world hated you because they don't know God. So if they don't know God, they're going to hate you. That's why you might be on that job and where you are to bring understanding and enlightenment to those that hate God so that they would come to know him in the fullness of his deity. Amen. So with that today, amen, we're going to take a small break, amen, and then we're going to come right back and get into our evangelistic, amen. Call your friends, call your loved ones, call everyone, let them know, amen. They can log in and contact, amen, the service today. We're broadcasting live on Calvary Apostolic Church, comma, UPCI, and also on audio streaming at caclacrosse.org. Amen. And we'll be back in a few minutes and see what the Lord has for us later. Amen. God bless you.